It's July 10th, 2019. Welcome to another edition of Bite Marks Cafe, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum. First up, we've got Sam Gunn. He's a senior scientist and cultural advisor from the Nature Conservancy. He's going to tell us about the upcoming Hawaii Conservation Conference. And then we have Doug Murdoch, the state's CIO, and Christine Sakuda from Transform Hawaii Government. And they're both joining us to tell us about the IT strategic plan. First up, I want to let you know about the Mark Leon Vex Robotics Invitation, which will take place July 15th through the 18th. Um, and that'll take place over at St. Louis High School, organized and hosted by the St. Louis Robotics Program, the event design. Uh, as an official Robotics Education and Competition Foundation signature event, and three teams from this event will, I guess, move forward to go to the VEX World Championships in April 2020. Uh, this event features 50 teams, including those from Hawaii, China, uh, Colombia, California, Texas, Minnesota, and Connecticut, all playing new game challenges for VEX IQ Squared Away and the VEX EDR Tower Takeover. For more information, you can check out the show notes on bitemarkscafe.org later on this evening. Now, I am happy to have Sam Gunn. I mean, he's my favorite cultural advisor. <laughs> and at, senior scientist. <laughs> and senior scientist. Great to at, be on the show, Bert. Thanks. <laughs> at the Nature Conservancy. And, of course, he's here to tell us about the um, – and he's also a board member from uh, on the Hawaii Conservation Alliance and Foundation – and he's here to tell us about the Hawaii Conservation Conference, which actually is going on right now. Yeah, I'm taking a quick break from that conference. It started yesterday and it goes uh, all the way to the end of tomorrow. And uh, it's three days of like 1,200 people, students, scientists, policymakers, conservation practitioners, community members, cultural practitioners from Hawaii and the Pacific and, and outside of there. And we converge to share cutting-edge science and research from the field as well as development of the latest tools in our challenges in conservation sustainability um, and it's just an amazing three days worth of symposia, panels, presentations, fora, workshops, everything from rapido heat uh, death and to new discoveries about Kamehameha butterfly or mm -hmm. what humpback whale songs are telling us about their decline or, or health. It's amazing. So how many years has this been? And this is an annual event. Yeah, this is the 26th annual uh, Hawaii Conservation Conference, and I've been around long enough to to have attended smaller conferences that were not called that. But so it's in a long line of annual meetings of mm -hmm. of scientists and and managers that are dealing with conservation challenges in and, Hawaii. And, and these are um, primarily about issues that are occurring here in Hawaii. Um, yes, they are. I mean, that's the main focus of the things. But you know, um, many of the things that are happening in Hawaii have have relevance for the rest of the world. And mm -hmm. in fact, Hawaii is recognized ever since we had the IUCN mm -hmm. World Conservation Congress here in 2016. That momentum is just going on and on. The global recognition of biocultural approaches to to our conservation problems and sustainability, that is really taking taking root. So it's Over really the neat. years that you've been involved with it, have you seen any kind of uh, 
um, changes or, or major emphasis over the course of, let's say, the last couple of decades? I mean, what is being what was talked about then and what is more focused on now? Well, you know, back then it would have been uh, om- almost all managers and scientists from national parks and nature conservancy preserve, wildlife refuges, mm-hmm. um, talking about the latest developments or maybe the, the, the whereabouts and the status of rare Hawaiian species and ecosystems. And nowadays... Um, we have a lot of that in our in our databases already, and so we're getting down to the meat of how to approach the challenges in conservation and sustainability. And the coolest thing is the development of biocultural approaches. So taking mm-hmm, best mm-hmm. Hawaiian traditions, practices, and values, all stemming from a thousand years of sustainability in these islands. Um, and seeing how we can work this into a modern context. If we can make it happen here in Hawaii, it might be the answer to salvation of the world. Now, there was a a recent uh, news item about, I think, because of climate change, it could affect anywhere from like 50% of the endangered species that are out there? I, I don't recall the exact number, but it was due to climate change. Oh, yeah. Climate change is not, not going to be just inundation of houses or, or highways along the coast. It changes the entire climate of our of our islands. So mm-hmm. places that are dry now are going to be much drier. Uh, the, the band of native wet forests is going to shrink, so our watershed and our water supplies might, might diminish. There are all kinds of things. The storms will be more intense and maybe more frequent. Uh, and so you know, dealing with all of that is what this what this conference is all about. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, is there any kind of key takeaways that you might uh, glean from the conference? Well, it's actually a whole you 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 take away what you what you get when you attend these conferences. Mm-hmm. And and uh, for example, if you're interested in climate change and how it's going to affect forest birds, mosquitoes is one of the key things. So there's a report on on the best development of genetic tools that might eradicate mosquitoes entirely from Hawaii which would be a boon for not only our forest birds but for us as well. Mm-hmm. So it's it's you get what you what you take out of it. So I know it's been going on for a couple of days already and tomorrow is is uh you know still to come. What is being featured tomorrow? Um tomorrow there are a variety of of fora on forest health, on ecosystem, uh, various ecosystems, on uh, forest birds. Well that was today I think. Um but um, it, it'll be a continual um, mix of, of different uh, subjects because the attendees are interested in a wide spectrum of conservation issues. And I think uh, Suzanne Case, the, the director of DLNR, is doing a plenary, plenary yeah, talk. Yeah, she'll be talking about the state's efforts and the advances there. And, and uh, don't tell anybody, but we're going to give her a special award. Well, oh, I think I just okay. told everybody oh, that we're okay. going to give yeah. her a special award. That's she already knows. Well, but, I'm, uh, I'm glad you broke that news on you know, Bite Marks Cafe. Yeah, well, you know, it's the kind of place where you bring all your conservation colleagues together and you get to point out the best things that people are doing. Very good. So where can people find out more information about this? Well, um, it's run by the Hawaii Conservation Alliance, and their website is hawaiiconservation.org. Okay. So you just go there, and you'll see the conference uh, banner. You can click on that and learn a lot more. Very good. Thanks, Dan, for joining us. Oh, my pleasure, Bert. Thanks a lot. And, of course, we'll take a short break, and when we return, we'll be joined by the state Chief Information Officer Doug Murdoch and the Executive Director of Transform Hawaii Government, Christine Sakuda. We'll talk about the IT strategic plan. Don't go away. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors the Rice Partnership, Kaiser Permanente, and PCAT. 
Pacific Center for Advanced Technology Training. I listen to the news every single morning. Pretty much that's my way of getting the news. I also listen to the news at night. It's usually BBC Africa, but that's what I listen to. Pretty much I don't change the dial very much, and I probably shouldn't admit to that, but my station is HPR. Member-supported Hawaii Public Radio. Radio with vision. Listen and see. Welcome back to Bite Marks Cafe. Now joining us is Doug Murdoch and Christine Sakuda. Doug is the state's chief information officer appointed by Governor David Ige in January of 2019. And of course, Christine is the executive director of Transform Hawaii Government, a nonprofit 501c3 dedicated to promote an open, transparent, and responsive Hawaii government. I'm glad you're a watchdog, Christine. <laughs> Welcome to Bite Marks Cafe. Hi, nice to be here. Thank you, Bert. Aloha, Bert. It's great to be here. So, Doug, I'll start with you and uh, maybe give us a little bit of background on the IT strategic plan. I know it's been something that has been worked on uh, even with previous uh, CIOs. And I know there was a bill, and we can talk about the bill later on, but you know, give us a little sense of the strategic plan and the process by which this strategic plan was developed. Sure. Uh, the strategic plan uh, is required by our statute. And Todd Nakapoi, who was a CIO before me, mm -hmm. started this process back in 2018. As part of the process, we had four facilitated workgroup meetings with some stakeholders that included people in enterprise technology services, other people from other departments involved in IT, some of our key business users of technology, and then some local community members as well, mm -hmm. and, and uh, members of the legislature as well were represented. So we had a large group that got together four times. I was not CIO at the time, but I did attend all four meetings. Uh, part of it, I was in the state's payroll modernization office, and the next two meetings I was uh, at Department of Human Services, and then finally as CIO in February. So um, we went through the process. We came up with our key strategies. And uh, then after it was all approved by uh, that stakeholder group, we went to the IT Steering Committee, which is an advisory group that helps enterprise technology services decide what to do. To, uh, Christine is a member of the uh, IT Steering Committee, and they approved it in April. And so uh, since then, we've been uh, briefing it to people. The plan going forward is to have a working group for each of the seven strategies that's led by somebody in enterprise technology services, and they're forming those working groups now to start carrying forward the plan. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, Christina, uh, as Doug mentioned, you're part of the IT Steering Committee, uh, and were you also involved with the facilitated meetings that uh, you know went into the development of the plan? Well, the... Thank you, Bert. The IT Steering Committee was involved in the development of the plan in addition to um, the workshop members. And Transform Hawaii Government has been a, a long-term advocate as a coalition of IT modernization of state government services because we all benefit from a, from a, a digital, modern, and effective government. Mm -hmm. And so we believed in it so strongly that we, um, we supported the legislation that asked for the development of the strategic plan. And then we also um, helped fund the development of the st strategic plan as well. And in terms of uh, the, uh, I guess, once the plan was okayed by the steering committee, I mean, that was basically the, the thing that made it official. Is that, is that correct, Doug? 
I think that's fair to say that that's really when we thought we had our completed plan and we would start to execute. Mm-hmm. And so when the uh, when the community provided inputs, uh, there was a, a process by which you know the inputs were culled down to identify like the seven goals and and how um, the key I guess uh, deliverables of the strategic plan would would actually be put on paper, and then that was what was presented to the steering committee, and, and in, in essence, that's what, that's what they approved. That's true. We have a short plan that just has the seven items, the seven strategies, and mm-hmm. a little bit of detail in each of those, and then we have a longer plan that has more background on you know, what are the key challenges, what are our goals and metrics, and who should be involved as stakeholders for each of the strategies. So there's a short plan that everybody can read, and it doesn't take very long, and it's sort of the poster version, and then there's the longer plan with more detail. Mm-hmm. And and. Chris, there was a, a, a bill, right, that, that was passed this past session. Uh, was this – I know Doug said that this plan was already in statute as part of the requirement for ETS to produce. But so why was there, uh, you know, some legislation that needed to actually get uh, passed by the legislature as well as the governor? Good question. And that was Bill um, – House Bill 531 and Senate Bill 219. So House Bill 531 passed, which actually requires uh, a state IT strategic plan to be renewed every four years. And I believe that, and we, so we did support that plan. Um, and I think the reason why we supported that was because we believe that the, the plan is does need to be refreshed, that technology is changing so rapidly um, and the idea of the strategic plan, in, in our opinion, is that it's a north star for um, to point all the le- all the leadership, state leadership, as well as the community, in one direction on what is the plan and how can how can technology be leveraged, not within the departments separately, and that is important, but also across the departments and and. Um, you know, as well for the administration to make some key de- strategic decisions. So the bill was actually uh, to make sure that it got renewed I yes. mean, or, or every four years to actually do a new new update to the yes. plan. Yes, yes. So in terms of it being in statute, that's just the fact that, you know, you were obligated to do a plan, but this is not necessarily to update it in, in the future years. That's right. That's the change was to just have oh. it be updated every at least every four years. But I think, you know, at the rate technology is changing, we'll be, we'll be updating it more frequently than that. Yeah, I noticed that a lot of the plans, uh, they almost have to be uh, – uh, a regularly updated uh, plan because, like you said, technology changes so quickly, and you know, in a couple of years, some new, you know, new uh, um, applications might be available. Some new sort of architecture might become uh, more prevalent, and you know, it's almost a necessity to to update update these plans. I, I think that's right. We have a lot of. Uh, I think the strategies that we have in in place right now, like expanding our cybersecurity strategy, uh, will be there forever. Mm-hmm. But we might change the wording a little bit or change the details so that our focus changes a little bit. Things like um, digital workforce development, that's mm-hmm. always going to be an issue. But exactly how we do digital workforce development will probably change over time. So you just mentioned a couple of uh, the, the seven that are on the list. Uh, would you give any one of these sort of top priority? I, I think they're all equal. Uh, in terms of what we need to do, but you're I like can, a like a father trying to select uh, you know who's your best uh, yeah. son or daughter. 
it, it depends on which of my staff members is in the room, you know, <laughs> who I play favorites with. But, you know, right now cybersecurity is certainly getting a lot of attention mm-hmm, both at mm-hmm. the state and local and federal level and in, in businesses. So, you know, we have put a lot of focus on that. And uh, I think portfolio management is very important to us right now in terms of taking inventory and looking at how all the, the products that we have align to our business needs so that we can make sure we're taking care of our business customers with uh, modern and dynamic applications. When you, when you talk about digital workforce development, is that developing the workforce inside the state or developing the potential for new employees to come into the state as an employee? We're going to look at every angle of that. You know, we've already started providing our our current workforce with some new learning opportunities. We bought LinkedIn Learning Mm -hmm. to give them a chance to take courses in areas like program management or APIs or any other area they want to study. It's available to everybody on the ETS staff right now. But we're going to have a shortage of cybersecurity workers and network network workers and people like that. So we're going to have to have ways to develop talent to come up into ETS and other state departments. Now, Christine, the Transform Hawaii government, I, I know that you have been very active in getting Doug out there to talk about the strategic plan. I mean, uh, if it wasn't for you, would, would Doug be out there on the roadshow? Sure, he would be. <laughs> <laughs> but we, you know, we are here as a coalition to really support the advancement of the strategic plan. We're actually very happy that there is a strategic IT plan mm-hmm. because it provides a, a, a framework, a common framework for everyone to, to reference. And technology changes quickly, but, but the people that are implementing the technology change too. Leadership changes both in the administration and at the legislature. And, you know, this plan is a, a result of this sort of tri-leg, you know, partnership between the community the administration, and the legislature. It's nice that the legislature um, recognizes uh, the importance of the plan, and, you know, they need updates too as well as as well as well uh, the administration just to make sure that, that the systems being implemented stay coordinated. Mm-hmm. Now, Transform Hawaii Gov has always been very community-oriented, mm-hmm. and it's really getting, you know, people that are part of the the larger community at large to to participate uh, how is how is the p- community really enabled to or enabled to get involved to really make uh, some difference with how any of this IT modernization takes place well transform hawaii government the nonprofit organization actually started off as a coalition mm-hmm. and it still is a coalition and um, we encourage anyone in the community that's interested in government modernization to join the coalition they can go to our website at transformhawaiigov.org uh, we send regular updates and newsletters on um, we really see ourselves in one facet as storytelling why technology is so important. You know, what, why is technology important in, and why is it um, digital services important in state government? How does that really help the citizens? And so sometimes it's, you know, technology is not the most exciting. Um, exci- it's exciting to me. but it, it, well, Yeah, I mean, you know, everybody <laughs> who listens Cafe. to the show <laughs> it, it finds it exciting. But, you know, how does technology relate to the everyday problems of, of the citizens? And so sometimes that translation is not always clear, and we see that as an opportunity to storytell the value of technology and why it's important to kind of stay on top of that. And so the coalition is about 300 members strong. It's a combination of individuals and stakeholders. 
Um, we bring them together regularly. We hold speaker uh, speaker sessions where we invite members of the legislature as well as the departments to talk about cybersecurity. Um, last year, there mm-hmm. was cybersecurity. Todd Nakapui, as the state CIO, talked about um, the Sharp Cloud tool and how the the governor really implemented a transparent mechanism to to share what is going on within the state in, in their key modernization efforts. Um, and so we look forward to continuing to to um, host those events moving forward this year. You know, I, I do want to also ask you about how perhaps uh, given the action items and the fact that, you know, you are bringing together the coalition, how how does that influence the achievement of any of the objectives that are set in the STRAT plan? But before we get to that, I want to hold that thought. We'll be right back after this short break to continue our conversation with both Doug Murdoch and Christine Sakura about the state's IT strategic plan. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk show programming. Mahalo to contributors Ekahi Health, Ulupono Initiative, and Impact Hub Honolulu Coworking. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum. And if you're just joining us, uh, we're talking to Doug Murdoch, who's the state CIO. And we're talking to Christine Sakuda, um, who is the executive director of Transform Hawaii Government. And we're talking about the state IT uh, strategic plan. And, of course, right before the break, we were talking about the role sort of, you know, Transform Hawaii Government plays and the coalition and and how you get the community involved. And I'm I'm just kind of curious you know, with Doug here and you here, I mean, how do you leverage the community and the coalition to, uh, I, you know, I don't, I don't mean to sound harsh, but you know, keep Doug on track with his <laughs> objectives? And how does that, how does that interplay work? That's an excellent question, um, and I'll, I'll give Doug a, a chance to answer that as well. And I, and I think it, I think it evolves. It's constantly evolving depending on what are the priorities of the state, and um, you know what the coalition is interested in, for example. And so we actually are having a coalition meeting next week, and Doug is going to be speaking at that. And that's going to, the coalition is going to be asked, you know, of the priorities, the seven priorities that are in the strategic plan, which ones are most important to you and which ones should we focus on? Uh, And so, you know, Transform Hawaii government is really here to support the, um, the CIO's priorities, uh, on behalf of state government, and which is on behalf of the citizens. And so it is an ongoing conversation that THG has with um, Doug and his staff on, you know, what is surfacing as the key priorities that, that, that need to occur and really support them. And we also talk to the departments as the, the business owners uh, of the services and what's important to them, and we try and, and create a strategy around that. Mm-hmm. Now, Doug, do you want to add anything to that? You know what? I think it's great that uh, Governor Ige is very interested in this, and I've had briefings with him and talked through what's going on. Uh, I had a meeting today with Senator Jarrett Keohokalole mm-hmm. from uh, Kaneohe, who is the chair of the Senate Technology Committee. So there's so much interest that a lot of people are asking questions. Uh, we've had sessions with the IT Coordinating Council, which is the head of IT for all of the different state departments. 
And I had a meeting yesterday with Transform Hawaii Governments Board, mm-hmm. and they had about an hour or more than an hour's worth of questions that they wanted to talk about on the on the strategic plan. So we are spending a lot of time talking it through, and that's great because it helps me understand, too, what other people see in the plan and what they see as priorities. Mm-hmm. No, and it's great that you, uh, you know, chose to participate in this, uh, in this show and have you actually talk about, you know, the, mm-hmm. the strategic plan and some of the objectives. Now, if I were asked... What are uh, or what would be some of the um, let's say top of the list priorities that I would see on this uh, uh, set of uh, priorities? I would say enhance the value of state data, and so I would like to ask you, Doug. I mean, what is it that you are doing to enhance the value of state data? We had a, a bill potentially last year to create a chief data officer mm-hmm. for the state that was a THG sponsored bill. And uh, we really should have some staff that are dedicated to this area. The value of state data more than anything else is to inform the policies and decisions that the state makes internally to the state. And then the secondary value is just to have transparency and openness in government and to make all that data available. So I think there are a lot of decisions that the state could make um, better informed if we had a better handle on our state data. Mm-hmm. And and that's what we're going to work toward. So we have an open data website right now, a data.hawaii.gov, that has a business intelligence platform on top of it that people can use to go in and research all that data. But we want to emphasize that, get more data into that system, and also just look at every system we have and say, you know, how do we mine this data for the best possible uh, information to help the policymakers make good decisions. I noticed that uh, there's a transition going on between the current or the past uh, vendor, which was Socrata, to a, a new vendor, right? Uh, OpenGov. That's correct. And this year we'll have both platforms running, mm-hmm. uh, but next year we'll be on OpenGov. And uh, we did that because we think OpenGov gives us a little better insight into our financial data. And that's something that a lot of people are asking for is to see the state's financial data and and be able to analyze what the state's spending money on. And then uh, um, with, uh, you know, with the data being made more accessible, Christine, I mean, do you see dashboards becoming, you know, kind of more relied on and, and used as ways for the public to get a gauge as to how objectives are being met? Yes, I mean, we're really excited. And if um, if you ask me what, what the top priorities mm-hmm. are of interest to, to myself and, and the coalition will inform our strategies moving forward, and data is actually one of the one of the top priorities because you can't you can't manage what you can't measure. And so data is a critical component in um, the leadership's ability to, to make decisions, which what is what one thing that Doug can mention, but it's also helps to provide um, dashboards for the citizens and, and businesses to understand and use as a gauge on progress. Um, also, the, the, health of, the health of Hawaii um, and what's going on in Hawaii. And so we're really excited. There are some good examples of the dashboards. Um, in fact, last year, the Aloha Plus Challenge is one of the, the dashboards that's on a, a government website that mm-hmm. is a great public-private partnership that really tries to track um, it's like a well-being index on sustainability indicators. And so it's, it's a great way to tell the story on, you know, where are we as, as a state in terms of um, some of our sustainability initiatives and how do we collectively, both the state and, and the community, really kind of work together to um, solve some of these problems. So I take it you'll probably reintroduce the state, uh, the, the chief data officer bill in this next session? Well, we're definitely looking at that, and we're we're working together with um, with Doug and ETS to make sure that 
um, you know, we're trying to understand why the bill didn't pass this year, but also how can we, you know, what can we do to make it stronger, um, build greater awareness on the importance of data moving forward so we have greater success this year. Doug, in the last uh, minute or so, can, us, can you uh, give us an update on the Hawaii Annual Code Challenge? Sure. We have the uh, Hawaii Annual Code Challenge coming up this year. It's an interesting hackathon because instead of just lasting for one day, it asks for, lasts for a month. I think the first meeting is October 19th, and then the final judging is around November 19th. So you uh, are going to follow a similar format of, of going out and soliciting challenges from some of the other departments? Exactly. Each department will get a chance to give us challenges, and then we'll put them in front of the people who want to participate in the hackathon and give them an opportunity to come up with clever and creative solutions to these problems. So quickly, uh, where can people find out more about ETS and the strategic plan? The ETS website is ets.hawaii.gov, and the strategic plan is under reports. Very good. I'll put that up on our show notes so everybody can check it out. And, of course, Doug Murdoch is the state's chief information officer, and Christine Sakuda is the executive director of Transform Hawaii Government. I want to thank you both for joining us today. Thank you very much, Bert. Thanks for having us. Mahalo, Bert. And thank you for listening to Bite Marks Cafe. Join us next week when we will talk to the Department of Agriculture and the upcoming Western Area State Department of Ag Conference. If you missed any part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org. And if you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to email me at bitemarks at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter. I'm at bitemarks. If uh, our engineer is David Chung, you can catch us on HPR One every Wednesday or anytime via the HPR app, iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. You stay awesome, and we will see you next week on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe.